Hey everybody, welcome to the Cincinnati Real Producers Podcast, powered by Nextdoor Photos. I'm Patrick Braddock, owner and publisher of Cincinnati Real Producers. And I'm Daniel Ziegler, owner of Nextdoor Photos. Every week we're getting to know Cincinnati's top realtors. Our goal is to elevate and inspire the real estate community throughout greater Cincinnati. Today we have Scott Euler of Euler Hines, brokered by Coldwell Banker Realty. He started his real estate career selling apartment communities at CBRE in 2003 and switched to residential real estate in 2010. Scott's team is ranked as the number one real estate team in Cincinnati, number four in the state of Ohio, and a top 10 team at Coldwell Banker in the entire U.S. Additionally, Scott was named Rookie of the Year in his first year selling residential real estate at Coldwell Banker. He was also awarded the prestigious West Shell Junior Award for demonstrating superior service to clients, office leadership and professional behavior and support, vision, integrity, and professionalism. In 2022 alone, Scott's team production was 391 units and over $203 million in sales volume. Welcome to the show, Scott Euler. Hey, thanks. Thanks Jeez, for having me here. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. My gosh. I know we gotta we gotta throw the numbers out there for credibility, but good goodness, man. You guys are staying busy. We're busy, but it's a lot of good people um, you know, that make that all make that all happen. It's funny. I had I had uh breakfast this morning with Heather, who Patrick, I know you've met. Yeah. Um, you know, we are going back. We've, she's been with me for over 12 years. And I, when, uh, we were paying our bill out at the end, um, yeah, we go to this coffee shop right by our office. This is the real brains behind the operation is Heather, right? <laughs> so, um, but no, a lot of, a lot of good people that, that are behind, you know, those, those numbers. So very fortunate to have a great team. Well, Scott, we would love to get to know a little bit more about you. So take us back to before you even got into real estate. You can talk us through your story, um, maybe where you went to school, um, things like that, where you met your wife. Your, tell us a little bit about your family. Just take us back. Yeah. So I'm a West Sider, Ooh, West born Side. and raised on the West Side. I married an East Sider, right? So I couldn't get her back over to the West Side. So <laughs> Did you want to go to the West Side? You know, I, I that's a good question. I'm, I'm not sure. You gotta you know, be careful. Never had the I know exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, but yeah, we. You know, I grew up west side of Cincinnati, Oak Hills High School. That's a total Cincinnati answer, right mm-hmm. there, yeah. right? What high yep. school? And uh, went to University of Cincinnati. Die hard Bearcat. I had the best experience could ever imagine at UC, and I think one of the reasons is because of my involvement at UC. I think it's real easy when you go to the University of Cincinnati, if you're from Cincinnati, to just kind of hang with your high school crew. And uh, so I got really involved at UC. So it was just a phenomenal experience for me. Met a lot of great people, a lot of awesome relationships, one of which is uh, my wife today. So Kristen and I, we met in college dated for she would say like eight years (laughs) before we got married i i have it calculated more like six but to her (laughs) is eight so we're both bearcats and then we have twins isabel and gabrielle izzy and gabby that just turned 13 so we're heading into those Uh teenage uh years 
And it is like, no matter what anybody says, right? Everybody's like, oh, it, it goes by so fast. Like, if one more person tells me that, you know, when the kids were born, and you're like, you know, now you're like, wow, it is, it is true. Now you're like, it's just, that. I can't yeah. believe that they're 13 and it is, it is flown by. Um, so, um, so we're, we're super blessed to have, have those girls and, um, you know, and, and we're in Madeira. Um, so we're, my wife was an Anderson girl. And, uh, so we, we planted roots in Madeira. It's been a great spot for us. Yeah. Speaking of your family, I, I follow you on social media and everything like that. And I love you, you, you made a post a few years ago that was really quite, quite nice because your your business is has obviously exploded but i think you you mentioned something on social media about really trying to keep your personal account personal and and revolving it around your family and your hobbies and stuff like that and your business accounts all about the business like you're never going to see me throwing all of our all of our listings up on my personal account and stuff like that and i remember when, when i started following you we've been friends for a few years now i I really enjoyed the the cooking class that you and your daughter did. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, man, that's pretty cool, man. And I think a lot of people enjoyed that. Well, we we got to bring that back. We got to bring I, it back, I man. Know, there's, I know there's a high demand for that. Yeah, so I think that started around COVID. Yeah, um, when, when I did that with my daughter Izzy, and um, yeah, you know, I try to keep you know business and personal a little bit separate. I think it would be boring if i just put every listing up and be like oh i don't want to follow this guy right like it would just uh, but there is a balance right because sometimes your clients want yeah sometimes like, you need to you're yeah. like hey you know so there's certain listings certain real estate things will will feature but i try to keep it mostly about your know, family and life and but yeah it's awesome that you brought that up with the cookie show because people will bring that up and um my daughter loves to to cook she's got a funny personality yeah. it's great on camera and i it just started out by just doing shooting videos we'd edit them up and she loved it and she how oh, many people saw it yeah. and all that stuff and well so i think we you're naturally like a funny guy too so it's like some of the reactions in it were great and I like we would my wife and I would literally be like, Hey, did you see the video this this, this week? Like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna tell her that you brought this you should, up. Yeah. We gotta I dropped the ball on it. I dropped Never the ball too old on to it. be on a cooking you know, show. We, gotta, I'll tell you that right we, now. we have to we have to bring that back. We have to bring that back. Yeah, yeah. we'll be looking for it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. It's great. That's, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. So yeah, so so two girls, Madeira. UC man, I'm a UC grad. Hey, Love me too. The Bearcats. All there this, we go. Man. All Bearcats. All Bearcats. It's a little rough after last. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. To redeem ourselves this weekend. We'll see. Oklahoma, Miami, man. Kudos to them. Yeah. They they they, they, they wanted up. it more. They came out hungry. So this will be an interesting weekend. But I, uh, for all of all of our listeners, it's it's the prequel to UC Oklahoma. Oklahoma's playing pretty pretty darn good football too. So hopefully we can surprise nothing people. we can nothing we can't do. So <laughs> you know, but with that said, your your love for for UC, what kind of involvement did you have with the Bearcats? And I know that you're as an alumni, you're you're incredibly involved, and that's it's been pretty cool. Scott's offered me tickets every once in a while, and every single time I'm not available, and I'm like. I'm like, don't don't stop asking, Scott. <laughs> plenty of opportunities for sure. No, but like it's I I I I cater you to the like the one of the best, most loyal Bearcat fans out there. Hmm. You know, how did that how did that passion and that that love kind of start for you? 
It really started with my grandfather. Really? Um, he would take me to games, football, basketball, back when barely anybody would be at the football games. Gina Gadouli? And oh, yeah, yeah, back back then, even going, going way back. Um, so we'd go to games. It was just family bonding. And, you know, um, and then when I got to UC, you know, my, I've got a really great, great relationship with my father. Um, he has obviously he's, he, he was in real estate as well. My grandfather was, was in real estate. Say, we could go down third, a whole, third, third generation. whole other episode with that. And yeah. I mean, these are like my heroes. Right. And um, but I just remember my dad always kind of taught me you're only going to get out of something what you put into it. And I feel like that epitomizes my college experience at UC. Um, you know, it's easy if you just, if you, you're not gonna have the same experience if you just go there, do the classes, come home, right? If you get involved. Um, and that's where, what I did. I just jumped in, got involved with my fraternity. That was the first thing. Um, you know, had different leadership positions within the fraternity, got involved within a fraternity council, um, you know, that kind of oversees the, the fraternities. Um, and various other organizations and groups, um, and those are my closest friends. Um, you know that even when we talk about business or anything like that, um, we have a lot of those conversations. And that group is remains super super tight, um, and so it just for me was it was it was it was home. You know, I lived. Lived in uh, Clifton. I was in the five-year program. I, I always tell people there was there was co-op in there. Right? There was co-op in there. Um, but that that experience was just amazing uh, for me, and so it just kind of fueled my passion even more. Right. So you kind of grew up, you had that base or that foundation, um, and then when you have a, a great experience there. But once again, I, I don't. I think it was from the direction of my father, just saying, "Hey." we're here, we live in Cincinnati, but you're not coming home, you know, every weekend or every day. You, you need to, you need, you know, to pave your way. Yeah. Yeah. So they're always welcoming. Don't be wrong. I, I I would, I would drop piles of laundry off, (laughs) you know, once a month or something like that, you know, or stop back home every once in a while. But it was, Hey, if you were really going to get you know, the true college experience, you gotta, you know, you have to, you know, once again, you're only going to get out of anything, what you put into it. Right. right. And so that was a big, big thing for me. And one of the things I learned from him. So what's, what are you a bigger fan of UC football or UC basketball? Oh, that's a tough question. I would say, oh man. Cause you're around the huggy area. Yeah. Too. So I, I've never di- experienced die that hard, sort of. Die hard basketball. I mean, obviously basketball is kind of the, you know the legacy sport, so to speak, right? A couple yeah. of national championships. It wasn't really until uh, Mark D'Antonio came. You know, Minter laid a little bit of a foundation, and Mark D'Antonio came in, and that we really started to have something, right? <coughs> that football was starting to get there when we got into the Big East. That's when football really changed, and I think I may have to say football. I, I, you know, our buddies. We started a big tailgate. We we bought this tailgate trailer we had custom made out in wheeling west virginia it was, the timing was perfect so I used to tailgate have this little you know little mini grill and a tent and all that stuff and invite people and then it started getting bigger and bigger and then raised some money with some buddies i said look i'll take care of, of the tailgate i want this tailgate trailer I did a little research picked this thing up in wheeling west virginia 
and uh, our tailgates exploded. I hmm. mean, the timing was perfect. It was Brian Kelly's first year, right? So and we know the run that we had right then. And um, so we would have a couple hundred people at our tailgates. Oh, wow. Um, that game when um, we were we uh, beat Pitt at Pitt, you know, we <laughs> that was like a noon or one o'clock kickoff. We hauled six kegs in our tailgate trailer, and that's how many people we had at our tailgate. They were they were at toast. Pitt. They were toast at an away game before, and so it was just it was it was a lot of fun. And what I I met so many people through it and connections. Like there's all these things like you. You do these things because you're fun. It's fun. You're passionate about it, and then the byproduct is like, you know, you get, you meet other people, and that's what I really enjoy is connecting with other folks. And so we'd have these big tail. We had a website. You know, here's where we would, here's you know what lot we would be in, and a following. It was weird. I started having like Bush's baked beans reaching out to me oh and asking like, hey. We'll pay you money if we can set up next to your tailgate and do a demonstration. No way. We had a hell of a good dip. Um, or was it Dean's dip? Or was one of the dips, you know, would send me like enough. Oh, my gosh. Like, a, like one of those styrofoam coolers, or like a freezer pack yeah. with stuff to hand out, you know, hats and stuff like that. It was like, holy cow. And that's when I started to realize, you know, the power of like blog. We had like a blogger site, and that's how people were finding us. And believe it or not, <laughs> believe it or not, there is a magazine called Tailgater Monthly. No magazine. way. There may, there may only be about you know five or ten monthly subscribers. I don't know if it's still around today, um, but we were on the cover of Tailgater Monthly magazine as Tailgators of the Year. That's that, that should have been part of your intro. I know. I'm so that's sorry. probably that, I left that that's, out. That's Who cares about numbers? That's the most yeah. prestigious award right there. <laughs> so we had we just had so so much fun with it. You know, and then you know, kids came along, activities, yeah. weekends, and so the tailgate trailer is still around. The tailgate still, but uh, there's a, another guy that um, that kind of gets it set up, and is and we've kind of passed the torch. Yeah, um, it's harder for me to get there. I mean, we used to get there four or five hours before kickoff, but you know, with the stage that a lot of our buddies that started this with our kids where they're at, it's hard to get there so early. So. Uh, you know, we just still try to get there a few hours before kickoff and have a good time. Uh, but yeah, a little cigar, a little little beer, and then walk a little, in. Yeah, cigar, beer, a couple things to eat, and yeah, but it, it's fun. And what what I love about football season, I think the reason why I love football, I think more than basketball, it's not the teams necessarily. Basketball, you're like you're there, you watch the game, and you leave. Football, it's an event. And all the people that you get to see at the football games, that's why I think I love it more. It's the atmosphere. It's the tailgating before. I see, you know, I was talking to the other day, a friend of mine, um, you know, Jackie. It's like, it's like, hey, it's football season. We get to see you guys, right? Yeah. You know, because it's like huh. folks that you're connected with. Yeah. But you you don't see them all the time, yeah. and then all of a sudden, it's like football season, you start to see people you went to school with and things like that that you're friends with. But life gets crazy, and it's this this thing that brings everybody back yeah. and together and things like that. And so it's it I think that's like you never missed a beat. Exactly, a hundred percent. And I think that's why that's why I like probably well, football. I feel like football. You know, I mean, I, I say this from the shameless plug of marketing, like 
real estate is so relational that the the number one marketing tool that an agent can have is just being social. You know, being in front of other people. People join people. They don't join Coldwell Banker or Sipsy Klein. They join Scott Euler or, you know, Laura Wogan or whoever, you know, like whoever it is. So it's 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 like I have a, a know, like, and trust of Scott, so I want to work with him, you know. And I think that's that's a powerful tool too, not to be like you're going to this to grow your business, but organically you kind of are. Well, I think that's what's fun when you do something that you love and have a lot of fun with that makes those connections and you're not even trying, right? Because it's what you love and you enjoy to do. And we talk about that with the agents on our team. It's like, oh yeah, well, maybe I should volunteer here and I may meet some people. Yeah, that's great. But are you are you passionate about what you're volunteering for? Because if you're not, if the only reason you're gonna volunteer for that is to try to connect people, connect with people, yeah. people are gonna see that real quick, right? Volunteer for something you're passionate about. Get involved with something you're passionate about. Get in something involved where it's fun for you, right? And the natural byproduct is, yeah, you will connect with other people, but you have to do it for the right reasons. If it's just purely for business reasons, right? people see right through that right away, you know? And if you can mix fun, what you enjoy, and there's a byproduct of connecting people, that's a total win-win, yeah, right? So I think, I think part of our transition with our, this podcast is obviously we want to know about you, but like, you know, really what, what has motivated you to get to the place that you are now? Like, what is your, what is kind of your why? And to- yeah, so it's interesting. My journey to get into real estate was, was, was very interesting, right? I mentioned my grandfather, I'm third generation. My grandfather had a company that um, was very successful that was bought by a coal banker in the early 80s. And then my dad was in management. He managed the coal banker office on the west side. And I didn't get into residential real estate, not because I didn't want to. I think it was more my ego wouldn't let me. Um, Because right or wrong, I just, this is what my grandfather did. It's what my dad did. I want to build my own thing. I want to pave my own way. I don't want anyone to be like, oh, well, his grandfather and his dad, of course, right? That's, you know, and I, I think I let that bother me a little bit. So I liked real estate um, when I was at UC. I was in marketing and real estate. I have a phenomenal real estate program. And it's really, it's 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 more focused on commercial real estate, very little residential, right? So everything from how to analyze deals from a development standpoint, um, you know, and so I did real estate brokerage at CB Richard Ellis. I sold apartment communities, um, worked with a guy, Dave Lockard, who I still talk to all the time to this day. He was one of those guys that I learned so much from. He's like, it's kind of like maybe like a little bit of a Bob Huggins where it's like at the time you're like, I don't know if I like this guy, <laughs> you know, but when I look at the influence he had on me and the lessons he taught me and some of the tough love he taught me. I'm like, that guy really cared about me though, right? Like he really cared whether I didn't like some of the things or not, right? So worked with this guy, Dave, phenomenal person, just a great human being. Um, And we were selling apartment communities. I was the junior guy on the team and 
I hear I think I'm Mr. Hotshot, you know, big man on campus, you know, graduating from UC, think I got everything figured out in the world. And he quickly humbled me and let me <laughs> realize I don't. And so start start on this journey and he would sell, you know, the sexy apartment communities and he really kind of made me learn, you know, the basics um, uh, of the business before I got out there. And we were doing great. Uh, we were selling a lot in apartment communities. And in commercial real estate, it takes a little while before you really start hitting your stride. Um, and so I graduated in 2003, made very little money the first couple years year three you're like all right all right right and that's that's kind of the journey of like any type of commission say you know your friends have these steady salary jobs and they're starting up here and you're here but then eventually you know you start to grow your business there's more upside potential and that's what i really liked i i, I loved entrepreneurship and i felt like you know it's it's, it's very entrepreneurial so i'm um, things are going really really well and then the second half of 08 hits. I had the best first half of the year in 08, and then, but the second half, things dropped. We went 13 months without a paycheck. 13 months without closing the deal. So we were selling, you know, 100 plus million a year in apartments and went to zero in 13 months. And one of the things that I mentioned about Dave, you know, that would bother me sometimes. You know, he would tell me all the time. He'd say, hey, man, you know, it's not always going to be like this. Make sure you're putting money away. Make sure you're tucking it away. Don't spend it all. We've been on a good run. Those are the things where, like, at the time were annoying because I'm like, he's not my dad. Why is he Why is he telling me? But those are all things that, like, he, if he wasn't in my ear doing that, I would not have been able to survive, right, because I did take his advice. Wasn't spending it all to be able to survive 13 months without, sure. without a paycheck. And so I'm on, the, I'm on this journey, and meanwhile, um, my wife and I are trying to have kids. And we are going through a lot of infertility issues. We did IVF seven times, failed seven times. So I go, I look at my bank account, and I'm like, okay. My wife's in social work. So she's got, the, she's got like the biggest heart in the world, help anybody out. So that was her passion. You know, she was in social work, but that doesn't always pay the best either, right? Um, and I look at her bank account and I'm like, I, I don't know if I can survive this, right? It's dwindling, it's dwindling. So I, I had went to Dave and I said, Dave, I don't think I can, I don't think I can survive through, through this. So I was looking at other jobs a commercial lending at U.S. Bank. They weren't really lending a lot of money at that time. <laughs> right, no. right, right. Um, so because I'm fast forwarding here, you know, we're into like 2010 now, right? Because of that time of no deals. So uh, selling office furniture, steel case office furniture for Loth. And I remember I was going to do steel case office furniture for Loth. The connection I had from UC got me set up there. You know, I remember my wife looking at me and saying, well, you don't seem real excited about this. And I'm like, well, Chris connected me. He's helping me out. And it's a it's a great job. But no, I'm not real excited. It's not, it doesn't fuel me, doesn't passion me. She's like, well, what does? I'm like, I really like real estate. And we started to have this conversation. And 
I said, I think I could take what I learned on the commercial side and I can go into residential. I've got a big network from growing up in Cincinnati, yeah. going to UC, and I feel like I can take what I learned on the commercial side and do well in residential. The risk was, as we all know, it's 100% commission. Sure. And my wife said, hey, I believe in you if that's what you want to do, and I will support you. And so I talked to my dad and said, hey, I think I may want to do residential. And he was like, uh, I don't know, son, this may not be the best time. Because you think about it, 2010, mm-hmm. residential market wasn't great either. Right. Commercial market was way worse, but residential market was still not great. He said, I, I don't know, that's a good idea, but I'll connect you with Joe, who was the coal banker president. And I had multiple conversations with Joe. Joe's kind of convincing me to get into the business. You could do this. You know, my dad, I think, just wanted to make sure that we would be okay, right? Well, I feel like setting the right expectation. Yeah. You know? Like, it's yeah. not an easy market. No. So. so I ended up getting into residential real estate. We, we cashed out all of our savings, 401K, everything. Six months, six months to live. Oh, and by the way, that was... You're pregnant. Well, I was six weeks before... I switched over six weeks before the twins were born. Oh, wow. So I started six weeks before the twins were born. There was no plan B. It had yeah. to work. We had to figure it out. So for your wife to say, I believe you can do this, and to be that supportive in that moment, that's a big deal. It is. It's, it's a very big deal. And, I, and if Kristen is my biggest cheerleader... You know, it's, she posts more of our listings on her personal Facebook that, yeah. than I do. Like, <laughs> she is, she is, you know, my biggest cheerleader, and she believed in me. Without her giving me that confidence to do it and her trust. Now, don't get me wrong; there were some parameters. Right. Okay. You know, we've got like six months, you know, to to, to do it, but we're gonna have to reevaluate. Uh, but she believed in me, and if she didn't, she could have easily said no. I know that job isn't going to make you feel real excited, right. but that's the safe thing, and you need to go do that for your family. So, really, you know, super supportive. And so, when you ask what's what's your, it's 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 family to make sure that we can provide and give all the things to the family that I was fortunate enough, you know, to to, to have. But our back was up against the wall, and our story to even have kids was, you know. I mean, that's a topic for a whole nother day. But, I mean, we went through so many different things um, just to have our twins. And we even actually had a um, a surrogate, a gestational carrier, Um, you know. So a lot of resources and a lot of stress and emotion and everything through that whole uh, process. And, um, And I look back and I remember, you know, that time... You know, you're like in this, feel like you're in this dark tunnel and you're like, okay, where, where I see this little glimmer of light and I need to just keep moving towards that way. Yeah. And every day I looked at a quote, above all else, don't fear difficult moments because the best will come from them. And that is very true. I mean, I, I looked at it every day, above all else, don't fear difficult moments, the best will come from them. You know, when you're today, it's like, how is this going to work? Right. So that's how I got in. And it was, it was truly like, okay, there's no plan B. I got to go and we got to figure out how to make this work. So now we're talking 2012, 
2013 or that 2010 that was 2010 so all that happened to that 2010 born in 2010 yeah 8 9 10 August Hmm. 9th so yeah they were born and I'll be the first to admit you know Patrick we talk a lot about you You before before you're like oh I see you out on the boat with the kids yeah out on the weekend and spending time with the family spend time with the family it wasn't like that starting out the business I would I would be the first to admit I was not around very much in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because they have people all the time that say, hey, I want to get into real estate. I like it because it's got a super flexible schedule and, you know, all these things. I'm like, okay, you know, how much business do you want to do? What are your goals? What are you? Because I think we all know that you're kind of on call, yeah. you know, all the time. And if you want to be very successful, you're going to, it takes time to build, you know, that business. Sure. Um, so I wasn't around you know, for those first few years, I wish I could get those years back. I can't, but I'm trying to make up for it now. But there was definitely some sacrifice, you know, at the beginning. And once again, I'm fortunate to have a very supportive wife, you know, but getting the business started was, you know, just every day was belly to belly. I mean, that was my mission was I had coffee with someone in the morning. Sometimes I'd schedule them back to back lunch with someone and then a beer in the after you know in the afternoon and what the biggest thing what i found out is is people genuinely want to help other people right people genuinely want to help other people people are afraid to ask sometimes right so sense of pride i guess yeah and so i would just set up these coffee meetings or lunch you know hey patrick you know let's just say we're buddies from college hey patrick How you doing, man? Would love to catch up, catch a cup of coffee. Haven't chatted in a long time, you know, or a beer, lunch. Let's let's connect. Yeah. What's the first thing you're gonna say when we go to lunch or coffee? You're gonna say, like, "Hey, what have you been up to? Yeah, how, yeah. how you What's been? New? You yeah. know, what have you been up to? Right? Actually, I started a new real estate company. Well, I'm, yeah, believe it or not, I'm so excited. I just started a coal banker. And I'm excited to sell real estate and, you know, here's all the things I'm going to do because people genuinely want to know. And it's, it's not, it's, it's such an easy conversation. I think the biggest thing, like agents get into the business and they write letters or send an email out, boom, I'm a realtor. Now you should work with me. No, you gotta get belly to belly. People gotta put their eyeballs on you, right? There's a ton of realtors out there. They've got a lot of relationships, a lot of friendships, you know. So all you're trying to do is get belly to belly, and let them know this is what you do in a genuine way, right? And talk to them and have those conversations. And that was it. Like that's that is that is over and over and over every single day. I wanted to get belly to belly with as many people as possible. And that's what I enjoyed doing right like some people that strategy may not work one of the most beautiful things about real estate is there are so many different ways to be successful right right there are like the guerrilla marketing folks who crush it that way there's the people who can sit behind a phone and call for sale by owners and expireds you know for me i enjoyed where i was comfortable is connecting with people because that's what i enjoyed doing yeah and and being kind of a connector yeah. And that's what's I think what's awesome about our business. I think it's so hard 
for sometimes agents who they're told they have to do this, 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 they go to a conference or, you know, in order to be successful, I got to do what this agent's doing or that. Well, that may not fit you. What fits you and what's going to make you successful? What made me successful isn't what's going to make you necessarily successful, right? And you got to find your own path. But that's what's beautiful. There's so many different ways. And why people are like, why do you share what you do? Because I'm like, because that may not, that may work for some people. It may not work for everybody. And that's fine. And that's okay. That reminds me of a story Scott told me once about getting out there with, with, with people and, and trying to promote his business and everything. And he's like, yeah, one of my good friends, Jeff Reeder, I would send him flyers every month on, you know, I'm starting a real <laughs> estate business. He's like, Scott, st- stop sending me this, man. My mom is an agent. <laughs> my mom's an agent. You really think I'm going to use you? I'm like, eh, well, just in case. Yeah. Just <laughs> top know. of mind. Right. You know, I, he told me that, man. I was cracking oh, up. Oh, it, it was so, so funny. Fun. He's like, dude, you know you can remove me from your mailing list, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was classic. That was so good. Oh, man. Well, I'm curious. So starting out there, I mean, you're getting belly to belly with all these people you just started out. And now you're leading the number one team in Cincinnati. Yep. So what happened in that gap of, I mean, what, like 10, 12 yeah. years? Like- yeah. So the business started growing, and I wanted to make sure that everyone had great service, right? And um, the best hire I ever made, um, and I was, I, you know, I'm super lucky. No, no, no one, I never, I didn't get it here alone. I didn't do it myself. I didn't. You know, my I had a lot of influence from my dad. He's coached a lot of top agents. Um, and I remember kind of like, okay, you know, first year, I got up close to like 30 units that first year. And he's like, you need to you need to hire someone. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, Dad. I'm like, you know, with a sinking ship, I'm actually putting money in my pocket. Right. You think I could really hire someone right now? Yeah. It's like you're not gonna be able to do any more business, you know. If you, especially if you want to spend any see your kids or, you know, anything like that. Um, so hired Heather, um, who came on board. She's still with me today. I'm she right in person. When you hired her? No, no. She she, you know, she was overqualified for the job. It was like a Jerry Maguire speech. You know? Yeah, she was like way overqualified for the job. Um, and you know, she she got out of the workforce. Um, you know, for a few years, her kids were young, and as her youngest was going to kindergarten or first grade, it was she was trying to get back into the workforce. And I was like, "Here's, I can only pay you this. Yeah, you know, I can only give you 20 hours, you know, a week, but we're gonna build something special, you know." And um, and and who's with? Who's with? <laughs> yeah. Are you coming? Let's go. And um, I'll never forget. It was at the uh, at the Echo Coffee Shop, and I I think she was kind of like wait a minute because like we met and i'm like okay you ready you're like let's let's go yeah um i think she was like well don't even want to like think about it i thought this was like an interview i don't even know if i want to do that you know um so she so she started and um and that helped me do what i was good at was meet with people connect with people i sucked at you know, the paperwork the and the details, like I'm a little ADD. I know where my strengths are. I know where my weaknesses are. And, and she helped my weaknesses so much. And so it allowed me to focus on what I did best, which was connecting with people, 
and being out there. Um, and she loved kind of doing, you know, the back office uh, stuff. So, you know, from there, we, we had more leads that, you know, are coming in, more connections and things like that. And I think one of the biggest myths, like I did not get into business to say, hey, I'm going to I'm going to have a large team. That wasn't that wasn't the plan. That wasn't it was just like I just want to get into real estate to survive so my family can, you know, um, you know, eat, have, you know, vacation and, you know, do do those things. Um, but it just started it started to take off and so, you know, you start adding on another agent. And I think one of the greatest myths in real estate is that people only want to work with you, right? So I realized that what people really want is really good service, yeah. right? And if I am with if I'm taking on too many people at one time, what's going to happen? I mean, we hear it all the time with like contractors. Like we do it all the time with contractors. We recommend, oh my gosh, this person's great. It's great. And also, like, they're not calling me back. You didn't show up. You didn't right because they took on too much. So you have to hire the right people and teach them everything that you know in your way of doing business. And people are okay as long as they have really good service, you know, and you have to trust yep. they can give good service. And we failed. We learned a lot. Um, you know, I think that's one of the things we were willing, willing to try things. And, oh, my gosh, that was bad. Let's <laughs> right. not do that again. <laughs> but, hey, we tried it, yeah. and we learned from it, right? I would say – the number one reason where we are today is the people, the people on the team. That's what we started out, you know, at the beginning. We haven't had a lot of turnover from people that have, have been with us for many, many years. And don't get me wrong. You know, we're like everybody, you're going to have some. But it's going to happen in business. It's going to happen. But um, when you have the right people in place like they make the magic happen yeah. you know what i mean and you know sometimes it's me like I, I shouldn't be in this chair right now you should you'd probably gain more insights and stuff if heather was in the seat if sure. becky was in the seat if laura was in the seat yeah. um you know it's just because i started the team like these people that you bring on i want people who are smarter than me I want people, I, I'm, you know, Heather and I had this conversation this morning in our breakfast, you know, like, I like that I'll be like, hey, I think this, this, and I like that she'll be like, no, that's stupid, yeah. <laughs> you know, like reel me in, right? you know, a little bit, because I have a lot of stupid ideas, <laughs> right? Yeah, I think uh, that's innovative, though, too, like, I don't know. I also think that there's a lot of people in business have a hard time finding that unicorn, and it seems like Heather might have been that unicorn, you know, like, yeah. you know, a lot of people say don't hire, don't look for a unicorn to hire. If one falls in your lap, then so be it. But hire four people that can act as a unicorn. So this is your specific job. This is your specific job. This is your specific job. If, if so happens, somebody comes along, then great. But don't expect them to stay forever. And I think there's a testament to your culture that Heather's been around for 12 years and 
and you know Laura loves what you do and and you love what Laura does and and Bryce and everybody else and and then Euler Hines just morphed into something that nobody else is doing in this city and it's incredible yeah Yeah. I, i don't know i think there's a testament to character and and the style of business in which you guys present yourself is is pretty is pretty second to none and i think the proof's in the pudding too so it's it's pretty cool to see man well i i appreciate that and like i said it's it's really it's it's the people mike you know we didn't even get to that part you know two two i can't wait we're going to interview mike down the road yeah he's because he's just as qualified as anybody else that we uh, Mike interview, Mike know, is like, Mike's the best business partner you could ever meet I mean the guy is the nicest guy you'll ever meet so when we a you know, funny story you know I, you know we merged our businesses yeah. to uh gosh two years ago we celebrated our two-year anniversary and what's great is Mike and I were we had similar style mindset um we would share ideas he'd go to a conference and share ideas i'd go to a conference share ideas we didn't really compete a whole lot because his main side his business was mostly new construction working with custom home builders you know and uh uh, he did take a couple uh development clients from us but we'll let that pass (laughs) no i'm just joking because uh, they were better suited, right? yeah, right. Because like, um, they—they—that's what they did was was new construction. Yeah. But we shared a lot of ideas, and originally we were just going to share back office, right? Like, hey, I'm doing my thing, he's doing his thing with our teams, and we were just going to share some back office. And the more and more we started talking about, it, we're like, why don't we just merge together the businesses can complement each other we kind of like dated for lack of a better word for yeah. a while um we were tinkering and experimenting so you know he would say gosh you know we're great with people that want to build um but then sometimes we may lose not getting their listing you know they may because they're the building experts they'd want to work with them on the build side but then they may not get their listing and so we were tinkering and toying and he would say hey you know, uh, this is, I'd like to introduce you to Scott. He's head of our resale group, you know, and, you know, that person was probably would have hired another agent, um, but he was making those intros. And then sometimes you have folks who, you know, think they want new construction, but really they end up on the resale side of things. And they felt like they were losing some of that business. On our end, it's the same way. We we had some people who, you know, we had great relationships, but we weren't on the new construction side, so we would miss out on some projects and yeah. things like that. Ones that we'd worked with people before that we thought we did a great job, yeah. and they'd say, "Yeah, but that Mike Hines guy that that's his that's his thing, right?" And um, so we're like, you know what? Let's we tinkered and toyed. We did a lot of testing too, which at the time we were like, oh, "Why are we doing this?" But it was very, very smart to make sure we were compatible, it work. We want to make sure this would be a long-term you know, thing. And um, Mike and I complement each other very much. Right. I'm probably a little more loosey-goosey. Mike's much more buttoned up, you know, process-oriented. Um, and so we balance each other uh, a lot. And I couldn't ask for a better business partner. Um, you know, just... I mean, you guys know he's like the nicest yeah, guy in the really world. Is. Dang, Mike. You know, <laughs> so nice. He is. But I also think that it's 
from the outsider looking in, it was genius. You know, like why why don't we offer more of a one stop shop for any type of buyer? You know, it's like oh, you're resale resale, and it's like well, I thought about new construction. Oh, great, let's have that conversation. You know? Yeah, we have the experts in all fields to to facilitate that. You know, and I think that's pretty. I think that's genius. And that's what we try to do is everyone has their specialty, you know, in our, in our office, uh, with our group, you know, so people have that specialized service, you know, and I can look, you know, my best friend in the eye and I can say, Laurel Logan is a better buyer's agent than me. Bryce Allen is a better buyer's agent than me because that's, that's what they focus on. That's what they're doing. You know, and that's that's what we're doing. In this market with low inventory, you need someone aggressively helping you find a home. And and that, you know, I, I, it's, it's funny. I, I don't know if I should go on record saying it. I had, I had uh, someone that I worked with on the buy side today. There was a special connection that I felt like I needed uh, to do. And, it, and I probably did a more of a disservice than a service. You know what I mean? Because had they worked with Laura or Bryce or whatever, don't get me wrong, it was great. It all worked out. Right. But I, I know that the level of detail that they would have given, you know, would have, or Brandy or, you know, any, any, any of the folks on our team, yeah. it, it just, I'm working mostly with our sellers and running our business and, you know, things like that. And so I have to remind myself, like, it's okay that they are, they are better at that job than me because that's what they do. You know, stay, stay in their, stay in their lane. They remind me of that too. If I try to jump. (laughs) (laughs) It's also good to have those standards though, too. Like, like, yeah, you are, you are good. They're better, but you are good. And it's still met or exceeded the standards of your client. Yeah. Yeah. So I like the fact that you hold yourself that to that personal accountability that, you know, these people are where they are and they hold themselves to that standard as well. So, cause that's how the referrals and the yeah. business, I mean, when you think about the amount of money you spend can spend on trying to get leads and things like that, you know, experiences, giving people incredible buying experience, incredible selling experience, you know, those folks then become your megaphone, right? And so at the end of the day, that's what it's about because those leads that they bring back, they don't cost you anything. You're just doing what you're supposed to do and actually do above and beyond what you're supposed to do. Well, I've got a selfless plug for Scott just because when I started, he was one of the first agents to ever sit down and have a genuine conversation with me and it was like so what are you doing and i'm like well i don't have a magazine yet so i want you to think (laughs) about this and he was like sounds pretty cool man like you know and to have that advocacy and then to see where he's gone from just five years ago it's pretty it's pretty awesome so there's a lot of a lot of respect from real producers end and my end personally um towards you and the business man well i'm it's been awesome to follow what you've been doing and how the magazine's grown i mean your story, you know, you're building, you building it, you're building it, 
you know, we had a pregnant. From, we were pregnant with our second. Yeah. And uh, my wife's like, "You just quit your job." And I was like, <laughs> "She's like, how much you make?" And I'm like, "Nothing." Yeah. So, you took a risk, and yeah. you know, it's it's paying off, and I, it's phenomenal what you're doing. And you come from from an approach of, you know, genuinely trying to connect with people and promote agents and things like that. And you know, I think that's also one of the lessons that I've learned is. You know, when someone calls and reaches out, it's so easy because our schedules are busy to be like, no, dude, I ain't got time to talk to you, sure. you know, or whatever. But we've, we've, you know, connected and yeah. formed a great friendship. And, you know, I get that from lenders. Like, I have my preferred lenders that I like to work with. But sometimes I will have a lunch, you know, with lenders who call out because it's just one more con- connection that you might have that you meet with, you just never know. And that's kind of what I'd, I'd rather, yeah. I'd rather have lunch with someone and connect with someone than. Yeah. And you've helped me out a lot too, with some of the connections that I've made with you. And it's, and sometimes it doesn't generate business, but it's nice to know that there's an option, you know, like, mm-hmm. and it's not like, I know the lenders that you work with and they're top notch. And um, so, but I, I love the fact that there's that trust in place and that, um, that camaraderie that you have with your preferred partners to say, yeah, I'm still going to meet with people. Yeah. You know, like the business is always going to evolve. And I think any business who's not evolving is, is eventually going to dissolve. Yeah. So, or, or, you know what else I've, I've done sometimes is like, you know, this is, I, I really like this lender I may be meeting with or whatever. And I'll say, Hey, look, I, this is my preferred person and I'm going to be loyal to them because they've done a phenomenal job for our clients. Sometimes I'll say, Hey, have you, have you thought about this agent? This is who you should be reaching out to. Right. And I think that's the thing is, is when you start doing a lot of business, all of a sudden the phone starts ringing and people want to meet with you. To me, it's like trying to identify because when I got started the first two, two, three years, there nobody was calling calling on yeah me. I don't you, know, you know what I mean Scott. like <laughs> yeah. you know I'm not wasting my lunch on Scott that guy just got started yeah. right but I think if you identify the folks that are kind of up and coming because they don't have the people calling on them as much so that sometimes I'll go to lender and I'll say like hey this is you know this is my preferred person you know but you may want to reach out to this person who I think is on the rise sure. you know um, cause you can identify, you can have a sense of what agents are, are, you know, kind of coming up yeah. just based on, you know, what they're, what they're doing, how they act, how they do things. Yeah. You know, it's like Tasha Mag was rookie of the year, Cole Banker. I use her as an example of anyone that starts on our team. Rookie of the year. I knew right away. Walt Gibbler, another one, rookie of the year, right? I knew right away that they were going to be super successful because every morning when I came in, they were in the office. They treated it like a full-time job. They were there. The hardest part in our business were our own boss, right? So there's no one to kind of like hold you accountable and do those things. But I see, I would see them in there every morning doing the work, acting, treating it like a full-time as if their boss said, Hey, you have to be here and you have to work. Right. Right. And I think sometimes that's the challenge. And it's easy, especially to be home, you can do this job from home and things like that, but you're missing out on the conversations 
the questions. And once again, that whole thing, people want genuinely want to help people. Yeah. When I got in the business, it was the same way. Like Michael Hinckley would take me out. To, I'd go out to lunch with Michael Hinckley, Rick Finn, a number of the people that were established in the business who helped me out, yeah. you know, grab a mentor. And um, those are all the things that like help. But if you're not in the office and you're not building connections with those other agents, you're missing out. There's so much gold in there, right? And I remember one of the lessons Michael Hinckley taught me, and I don't know if I'm talking too much here, but. No, you're good. Um, one of the lessons Michael Hinckley taught me that was so good is he's like, Scott, I'm just going to tell you, you're going to have a lot of people that you feel should list with you that don't. You know, especially in the beginning, you're not established as much. Um, and even when you are established, it's going to happen. Maybe they don't, maybe it's a good friend, but they don't want to miss, mess, mix, you know, friendship and business or whatever. So the hardest thing to do is he's like, just don't ruin that relationship. Yeah. You know, don't ruin that relationship. And he would say, you know, I'd, I'd write him a, that happens to me. I'd write him a handwritten card. Hey, wish you the best of luck, you know, in your sale. And he was like, you'd be surprised. Sometimes they feel guilty and they may send you a referral. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know? And uh, so I, I just, I, I could go on and on of lessons, but Michael Hinckley was unbelievably good to me. Rick Finn, unbelievably good to me when, when I got into the business. But if I wasn't in the office every day working, yeah. I wouldn't have had those relationships with those guys. Who wanted to help out? Well, that was going to be our last question for you. Oh, it's sorry. Kind of like, no, you're fine. Like, what what advice would you give to somebody yeah. new just starting out? Is it is it that, or is there something else that you would add to that? Yeah, I would say a make sure you have a mentor. You know, someone who's been in the business that can can help you. There are plenty of people that would want to help you out. So, find a mentor is is number one. Um, number two is treat it like a full-time job that you you can fill your day with plenty of things and activities to do yeah. right and if you are not in and doing the work you will not it's really easy to just stay at home you know and 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 not do the different things that you need to do right because there's no one holding you accountable so you have to treat it like a full-time job in the office build those connections. The other thing I will say, one of the mistakes I made when I started is I wanted to have this awesome website, like oh, kick-ass website, you know, and I'm like spending a bunch of time on this website. Well, I meet with a friend of mine, very successful entrepreneur, Ryan Reibolt, and he says, Scott, I don't even think you have any clients yet. Who the hell is gonna go to your website? <laughs> You know, you need to be connecting with people. That's what you're good at. That's what you do. And so, you know, you can get, you can go down these paths of all these things, but is that, is building a website at that time for me, it was a little different. There's a lot of lead gen websites now before, you know, back when I started, it wasn't, uh, they, those weren't around as much, but you know, what are the revenue generating activities, you know, that you can do? Cause you can you can keep yourself busy doing busy work, yeah. right? But what are the actual revenue generating activities that you're doing? Connecting with people, whether it's connecting with your sphere, 
for sale by owners, expireds, there's open houses. There's so many different ways yeah. going back to how you can be successful in this business. And you have to figure out, okay, what, what are going to be, what are my goals? Okay. And then what activities am I going to do to try to hit those goals? And that's what you focus on. It's so hard today because everyone's like, oh, you need to be on LinkedIn. You need to be, you know, you need, and I, I would, I would run with that too. People would be like, you know, you're, you know, you need to be on YouTube. You need to be like, you can't do it all. Yeah. Do one thing, perfect it, do it really, really well. Yep. Then go to the next thing. Keep that first thing going and then do it really, really well. And then add on that next next piece. And if you layer those on, but if you try to do everything, it's not gonna it's not gonna work. That's awesome. Absolutely. So that's pretty I mean, that's that's very insightful and I think that um I think that your word carries a lot more weight than you probably think it does in this city. Um, and I, coming from meeting some of the best agents in the city, including yourself and, and being around people that are like-minded individuals, um, real producers is referral based. And I had over 25 people refer Scott to be a part of our publication and it was managers from Sibsy Klein like it was people all over the place and I was like Scott did you know that and he's like man that's that's truly humbling that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool to hear and I was like you must be doing something right and I um and then you get to know him and and, and the common you know the common occurrence is are you a Bearcat fan you know and it's like yeah hmm. I am you know so it's like instant connection you know and then um but then he's just a good person so um there's a lot of people that look up to you from, from what you're doing and they're not just on your team. So, um, really appreciate you being a part of our podcast, man. And, and, uh, and also paving the way because I talk to a lot of real estate agents that are like, man, I can't believe Scott or Julie or some of these people do the business that they do. You know, it's pretty, it's motivating. So, um, it's great. It's great to be associated just in that, that small percentage um, with you and your business, man. So. Oh man, well I I appreciate it, and yeah, I don't, I don't even know what to say, man. Like it's it, I, don't say anything. I, I let's just, just yeah. let's just get a win on yeah, Saturday, bro. Win, get, a, get a win on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but no, I Patrick, it it it, it did. I, I've truly enjoyed getting to meet you over this, and um, you know, you've it's awesome what you've what you've built. This is probably going to be the second most famous podcast behind the Kelsey brothers. So, um, uh, we're we're super pumped That's about right. that. That's right. Oh, uh, new so, heights. That's yeah, right. New heights. And it's official, I guess. Travis is uh, yeah is with T Swift, huh? That's what I hear. I can't even go down that path, man. Uh, Scott, it's been a real pleasure. I've really enjoyed our conversation, getting to know you a little bit more, and uh, look forward to talking to you again here soon. Appreciate it. Thanks for having Wish me you on. Best. Thanks, Scott, appreciate it, man. 